Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Today is election day. I have to go from here. I have a couple errands to run. One of them will be going to 330 Windsor Avenue to vote. And so our friend Ozzy Palomo with Chartwell Strategy agreed to play a little game with us today. And we were going to basically ask him. He does a ton of stuff nationally and he knows Connecticut because he's a Connecticut resident. And, of course, he lives in Fairfield County, where it seems like we have just an inordinate number of candidates hail from that area, even though it seems to be its own. Like, I feel like Fairfield County could secede from Connecticut. But anyway, we're going to ask Ozzy a bunch of questions, make some predictions. Then he's going to come back on tomorrow. The ones that we can talk about that have been decided, we'll see how he did. Ozzy, good morning. Good morning, Brian. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it's a big day. I mean, every every election, we always say it's the most important election of our lifetime. Yeah, listen, and kind of taking off what you just said, I hope that Fairfield County does not secede from Connecticut because that would mean we'd likely have New York taxes and New York policies down here. So uh, at the very least, we'll, you know, we're a little sheltered from that. So when faced with New York, then Connecticut taxes seem okay, <laughs> which I find ironic. But... I, I, I suppose it's the <laughs> devil you know. I guess. Uh, listen, let's start with Connecticut, actually. Uh, you know, the races I want to ask you are pretty straightforward, unless there's one in play that you want to add. But I'd say governor, Senate, and the 5th District. Uh, what is your, And again, this is by no means, you know, I mean, you're a Republican strategist. I know where your heart usually lies. But um, what do you think is going to happen in the governor's race? Yeah, look, I, I'm a Republican, uh, you know, by background and, and my experience working down in Washington and some of the work that I do. Uh, beyond my core business, but I, I'm also not uh, I'm also not blind, and I see kind of uh, an uphill battle both from the gubernatorial side all the way down the slate of candidates in the state uh, as we approach election day today. Uh, I think realistically, if you take a look at the last several polls that have come out, Lamont still continues to have a pretty steady lead over Stefanowski. I think Stefanowski at some point over the last few months may have cut into it a little bit, um, but it seemed like that campaign was just kind of stuck on neutral and really didn't make up a ton of ground. Uh, you know, as opposed to what we saw from a national environment. So I think Connecticut might be a little bit of an outlier, perhaps Massachusetts as well, just given, you know, what's going on up there. Uh, but the realistic nature of it is it's going to take, you know, a massive tidal wave, a red tidal wave to have, you know, to carry forward, you know, Stefanowski, Levy, and some of the other candidates uh, here here locally. Well, then, you know, having said that, and I think there's a lot uh, to what you said, especially with Massachusetts, it's going to be a a political bloodbath for the governor's race. I mean, it seems pretty obvious that. What about the 5th District? I've had people tell me that if Lamont wins with a, a sizable margin, it makes it more difficult for Logan, but the closer the governor's race is, the more of a chance that Logan has against Johanna Hayes. Yeah, look, I think that, that race, by all intents and purposes, is tied, and I think it's a coin flip. And I think George Logan, given the environment here in Connecticut, has done as best as he could, and he was able to tap into more of a national sentiment that maybe didn't apply to a local race uh, like the governor's race here. Um, but I think Logan's done a good job. I think the Connecticut GOP has done a good job rallying around him and trying to help him with the infrastructure that perhaps uh, was missing early on. 
Uh, I know that the National Republican Party had put some money into the, into the state in hopes of helping uh, not just Logan, but the rest of the ticket, but specifically Logan with the uh, Minority Outreach Center to try and tap into that electorate. And I think right now it's a coin flip, and I think that that's going to be, you know, one that's going to be telling. To your point, I think if Ned Lamont has a good night, those coattails might be enough just to push Johanna Hayes over the finish line. Uh, but that might not be enough for her to kind of, you know, you know, over overtake some of the negativity around how she ran her campaign and her operations. Uh, and Logan has think has done a good job tapping into all that and, and, and you know, playing into that voter sentiment in that fifth district. Yeah, and listen, if. If a Republican, I mean, that district has gone Republican before, but not since 2006. But if if Logan does win, I think it's a bit of a harbinger for things across the country, right? And and you know, I agree. Yeah, yeah. we're talking with yeah, Ozzy. I, I, Go ahead. I think the fifth district, and there's a couple other races here in New England that take a look at that. That will kind of be early bellwethers about what the night's going to look like across the country. Yeah, Ozzy Palomo, Chartwell Strategy. Let's talk about a couple of those races. I mean, I I've been honest. Like I, I I'm an independent. I'm unaffiliated. Um, you know, the and I talked about in Georgia, I mean, I have to be honest, I, I know people are going to vote for the party. They're going to vote for an R and a D and not the person. I mean, Warnock is not a great candidate either. There's something about the Walker candidacy that kind of bothers me, though, and it's a tough one for me to see him in the U.S. Senate, in my opinion. Do you think he can win? I do, and I think it's a tough one, not just for folks that are on the outside looking in, but I think for a lot of Georgians. It's a tough vote, and I think you're seeing that in the polling. I think you see Brian Kemp with a significant lead over Stacey Abrams, uh, and yet you see Herschel Walker kind of keeping it close and maybe a slight lead here and there over Raphael Warnock, and I think that's indicative of the two types of candidates and the two types of campaigns that have been run down there. Yeah. Uh, now, I happen to be particularly uh, close with, with Governor Kemp's campaign manager. I had a chance to connect with him this morning. They feel pretty good down there regarding their race with Stacey Abrams. Um, but the Herschel Walker, you know, I, I think it's a little bit of a toss-up if he can clear 50% or not. Uh, I'm of the mindset that I think that might be a little bit too much for, for any one of those candidates to overtake, which means we'll have a special election in December. Um, but I don't think that the, that the difference in kind of the candidate quality is lost in a lot of people. I think particularly if you look at uh, what, what's been happening, you know, I think a vote for Herschel Walker down there from, from most Republicans is a vote for two things. Is one, the Herschel Walker that they remember as the all-star running back from the University of Georgia, but also for control of the Senate. And I think that's why they're able to kind of put some of his missteps from, from a candidate and campaign perspective aside. Uh, and he's also extremely affable. I mean, Herschel, I've had an opportunity to meet him several times. He's a very personable guy. Uh, you, you know, I, I, he's very believable in what he says to you and makes you feel connected. And I think that plays well in that kind of retail politics approach you know, in what's going to be a very close race. So you think that'll get a runoff? Okay, that's that's important. It'd be interesting if, if they don't, you know, a lot of projections I see had 54 Republicans in the Senate. But, I, you know, that would that would change the metric a little bit. Let's quickly tick through a couple things with Ossie Palomo from Chartwell Strategy. Uh, Mehmet Oz against John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. I think Oz has the momentum, and I think Oz takes that race overall. I think, uh, you know, very rarely do do debates really matter. But I think in this case, because there were so many questions in and around Fetterman's health and Fetterman's positions as well, uh, that that debate added a lot of clarity to those undecided voters. Uh, Pennsylvania is notoriously a state that votes primarily in person. It's not an early vote or a mail-in vote state like Arizona. So a lot of that vote is coming in today. Uh, They're also notoriously slow at counting mail-in ballots and absentee ballots, and I think they don't start counting them until today. Uh, so I don't particularly see necessarily that race being called tonight or tomorrow morning, but I think as the weeks go, or excuse me, as the days go on this week, I think Mehmet Oz comes out on top. And what about Arizona? You mentioned it. I mean, Senate's the most important for the national conversation, but the governor's race is big as well. 
Look, I think Blake Masters really closed in uh, late against Mark Kelly. Uh, I think he's played a pretty good campaign. I think a lot of that was Republicans coming home. There was a primary there that included uh, several kind of more mainstream candidates that Arizonans uh, liked. And I think at the end of the day, Blake Masters was able to kind of corral that. And quite frankly, he's riding a lot of that momentum that Kerry Lake at the top of the ticket in the gubernatorial race there has created. Uh, do you think, I, think do you Kerry, think, I mean, I know you're hedging, but we're not in Arizona. Do you think he wins? I do think he wins Arizona, yes. So I think the three pickups that Republicans have tonight are Nevada, Georgia, and Arizona. I do think they hold Pennsylvania. There was a lot of talk about Wisconsin early on, but I think Ron Johnson has that field. Uh, so I've got, you know, again, I, I have the floor for Republicans at 52 senators. They're ceiling at 54. You know, if you pick up those three and maybe one surprise here or there, you could end up having 53. But I, I think 52 is the right number. So you think they'll, they'll pick up PA, they'll pick up Arizona, and they'll pick up Nevada? Well, they, they'll hold Pennsylvania. Uh, that's a whole right, that's right. me, the Republicans right. crime. But I, I think the three pickups are Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada. So, but Georgia, you don't think you'll know until December? I think you'll see maybe Herschel eke it out, but just not enough over that 50% threshold. Yeah. And in terms of the House, so you, you think that 52 to 54 in the, in the Senate and, you know, the average turnover, I, I don't know, is something like 27 seats in a midterm uh, against whoever's in the White House. Do you, I mean, do you think it'll be that many? I, I do. I mean, I think I think the, the low water mark for Republicans is going to be around 20 seats. I think the high water mark is probably you know 30, maybe slightly north of 30. But right now, I mean, if you take a look at the Real Clear Politics poll, they've got about 34 toss-up seats. They're already giving Republicans 227 seats, so they already have the majority by their estimates. Um, I think if they can add 10 to 12 of those seats from the from the toss-up states, you're looking at a majority of give or take about 239, 240 for the Republicans, and that's a pretty significant pickup for for them going into next next year. All right. Well, we'll talk to you tomorrow, bud. We'll see how it goes. Um, I I may be overly caffeinated and tired at the same time. (laughs) Same with me, bud. Uh, Thanks so much. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.